Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Episode 9, in which our rail replacement bus reaches New Orleans. We're now back on our dual carriageway. We've just entered Arkansas. It's still absolutely mile upon mile of farmland. A few tractors working the soil. But as far as I can see, it's flat. We've now reached Osceola as we travel southwards through yet more miles of flat farmland. We're passing a sign which says Marion 38, Memphis 48. We've just passed a sign saying that should we wish to go to Johnny Cash's home, we should take the next exit. Nobody on the bus seemed to suggest they did. I would like to give my thanks to Ashley, who has accompanied us all the way on this trip. Ashley is the poor Amtrak employee that's had to put up with us on this coach with somebody calling the police with some dissatisfied customers but she's done a brilliant job thank you Ashley Tennessee, big sign saying Tennessee Welcome Center, and we're just crossing the Mississippi. I wonder if I've crossed the Mississippi on a bridge like this before. So having crossed the Mississippi, with the railway bridges to the side of us, we're skirting Memphis. So I'm imagining that we probably would have gone over that bridge over the Mississippi if we'd been on the train. We're now heading for Jackson in Mississippi. The port of Memphis is on our right. We are making progress. We've come over 200 miles so far. And one day we might actually get to the end of our journey. just passed a refinery on our right with a lot of rail cars waiting to be filled with fuels to be transported elsewhere. On our left, large rail marshalling yards and currently slowing because of a traffic jam. 
let's hope it doesn't delay us for too long. We're still in agricultural land, large farming land, but it's not quite as vast. There are a lot more trees breaking up the landscape. It's clouded over, a lot of grey cloud in the sky, no blue sky. Every mile is a mile near our destination. You can probably hear the thump, thump, thump. Sadly, that's not railway tracks. That's the fact that this is a concrete road. And of course, concrete roads are built in sections. We cross the Tennessee-Mississippi state line. Our next stop, 70 miles from Memphis, was at the flag stop in Marks. This station opened in May 2018. This part of our journey is through the lower Mississippi Delta, a region with many historic small towns and farms. The region represents an enduring theme in great American literature. It was an inspiration to generations of writers, including Mark Twain and William Faulkner. Famous people from this area include the musician Ike Turner, the actor Morgan Freeman, and the creator of the Muppets, Jim Henson. If we'd been on the train, we would have passed through Wade's Bottom, and got our first real taste of the eerie beauty of a southern swamp. We've got to Marks in Mississippi, where we're picking up a passenger. Quite amazed that somebody's still waiting here for us to arrive. I've commented on many of these podcasts that the rail tracks in the US are very bumpy. And that's because, of course, a lot of them are used to just carrying heavy freight trains at relatively low speeds, and that there's relatively little investment in the rail network. But amazingly, considering that this is the country of the car, the roads are potholed, in need of repair, and in general, in a very poor state. It's been a very bumpy ride. Not only is Marks a relatively small community, but a lot of the shops and stores in the town are for sale, closed, or even derelict. A place I would imagine with a former glory. As dusk starts to draw in, and we pass the sign to the BB King Museum, I've seen much more of the heart of the US on this journey than I expected to see because of course if everything had gone to time we'd have been well down the country before daybreak. So even though we're running many hours late to our destination it's been a fascinating day. The coach missed out the next two stations as there were no passengers due to get on or off. The train should have reached Greenwood by 9am. However, we were still in Carbondale, 345 miles away at that time. The station opened in 1917 and in 2013 was used by over 15,700 passengers. 
cotton has been produced in this area since pre-Civil War times. It's located next to the Yazoo River, and the city grew steadily from a busy river landing to one of the largest cotton markets in the world. Our next flagstop would have been Yazoo City, which was used by nearly 3,800 passengers in 2013. The community on the Yazoo River relies on agriculture. It's known as the place where the delta meets the hills. The time is just coming up to 8pm and we've reached the station at Yazoo City, a little bus shelter. The only problem is that normally you'd be getting off the train and today they're getting off the bus into the bus shelter. So roughly 10 hours behind schedule at the current time. I suspect it will be somewhere in the middle of the night when we finally get to New Orleans. It is completely dark and so a large part of the journey that I was expecting to do in the daylight will be done at night. By mid-morning we should have reached Jackson Station which dates from 1927. In 2017 it was used by nearly 48,700 passengers. It was much, much later when we got there. The city was originally called Le Fleur's Bluff. It was a trading settlement on the banks of the Pearl River and was chosen in 1821 as the state capital and named in honour of Andrew Jackson. The city, having grown in prominence, was invaded by General Sherman three times during the Civil War and burnt to the ground. Some say that Chimneyville, as it came to be called, was where Sherman practised for the burning of Atlanta. The city sits on an extinct volcano, the only capital city or major population centre to have this feature. The volcano's peak is 2,900 feet below the Mississippi Coliseum. If we'd been on the train as it left Jackson, we would have passed the Gold Dome of the state capital. Built in 1903, the building is topped by a golden eagle, a design closely following that of the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. We've changed buses in Jackson in Mississippi and brought together the passengers from a number of buses to one bus that's going on to New Orleans. I'm sat next to a gentleman on the bus who is leading a school party down here from Milwaukee. Can you tell me what, it, what it's all about? Well, this is a, an annual school field trip, eighth grade class trip that uh, is this particular school does every year. Uh, we've done the same itinerary for 15 years straight. Uh, the whole premise of the trip is uh, to get students out of their comfort zone, to help them grow, to help them appreciate cultures that are not like their own. And uh, they do that in learning and kind of sneaky learning where they are enjoying themselves, experiencing new things, but learning in the process. How many students have you brought with you? This time it's uh, 16 students and 16 parent chaperones. And are the parent chaperones the students' parents or other parents? They're typically the students that are uh, going on a trip, their parents, right? So that's a bit restrictive for the students in some ways. 
they probably feel that way to some extent, but then again, they probably distance themselves from the parents when they can. You said it's the same itinerary every year. I'm sure the travel down to New Orleans isn't quite the same itinerary as today's. No, it varies a lot. Over the years, we've had some excellent straight-through runs where there's been no issues at all. And then there are other years where there are challenges and opportunities to uh, see other parts of the country in different timetables than we're used to. You started in Milwaukee. What time yesterday? Started in Milwaukee, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Then you went down by train to Chicago? Yeah, we took the uh, Amtrak Hiawatha to Chicago, and from there we uh, boarded the uh, city of New Orleans about 8 o'clock in the evening. And ground to a halt about five past eight for the first time. Yeah, that was the earliest we've ever been stopped on the train due to mechanical problems uh, in Carbondale, Illinois. Usually it's much further south, and that's usually due to uh, flooding in the lower Mississippi Delta. Which we knew about before we got on anyway. And exactly. That was all very well outlined by Amtrak. We received a lot of word from about that and the different arrangements uh, uh, several weeks prior. Are you one of the teachers at the schools these pupils come from, or do you do something else? I'm actually not one of the teachers at the school. Uh, I'm a retired environmental science professor, but I've been uh, doing educational travel for well over 25 years. And I do this um, as a service to schools in the area. I actually own my own uh, travel uh, company. Well, thank you very much. (coughs) Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Hazelhurst, where the passenger numbers grew to 1660 in 2017, should have been reached around noon. And then we would have passed through the flag stop at Brookhaven, where the current station used by 5,172 passengers in 2017 opened in 2011 to replace the station that had originally opened in 1907. The town has flourished since the building of the railway. Today, the industrial focus is on the region's natural resources of petroleum and wood pulp. Notable natives of Brookhaven include Robert Pittman, who founded MTV, and is a former CEO of AOL. Our next flag stop would have been Macomb. The station was originally opened in 1901 and was used by 6,500 passengers in 2013. Famous people from Macomb include music and recording artists Bo Diddley and Brandy. After Macomb, we would have crossed the Mississippi-Louisiana state line. Our next stop would have been Hammond, a station that opened in 1912 and was used by 15,600 passengers in 2013. This would have been the last stop before journey's end. The town is one of the strawberry capitals of America. There used to be a train called the Crimson Flower, which used to make its run to Chicago, racing fresh strawberries northwards. During the Civil War, the town's shoemaking industry was a major supplier to the Confederate Army. After leaving Hammond, we would have reached the Louisiana Bayou, the famous exotic swamps. Here, amidst the haunting beauty of moss-laden cypress trees, an entire Acadian culture has survived. We should have reached New Orleans, where the current station opened in 1954, in time for tea. The station is served by the City of New Orleans, the Sunset Limited and the Crescent Amtrak services 
and was used by, would you believe it, 189,189 passengers in 2017. If we'd been on time, we would have arrived in New Orleans just as its restaurants and jazz clubs were coming to life. As it was, we arrived as most were closing, or had already closed. The city is also known as the Big Easy, the city that care forgot, and the Crescent City. The city has existed under four different flags since its founding in 1723. It's been French, Spanish, Confederate States, and the United States. It's considered to be the birthplace of jazz. It is also said to be home to some of the best restaurants in the world. Whilst I'm in New Orleans, I intend to view the lights of the Greater New Orleans Bridge across the Mississippi. I hope to take a ride on the streetcar line that dates back to 1835 with cars from the 1920s. I'm staying in the French Quarter, the oldest and most famous section of town looking much as it did in the 17 and 1800s, with buildings crowding the edge of narrow pavements. But more about that in the next episode. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew at the City of New Orleans our rail replacement bus drivers, and especially Amtrak's Camille Mahar and Ashley Bridges, who accompanied us on the buses. You all made this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks' time.